everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website, and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bogger-Milas, and I'm the editor here at Televisions, and joining me as per usual is my co-host and associate editor, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? Um, well, I've known for a while that this episode was coming. I know, babe. And I'm not feeling it, and I don't think anybody who's listened to 30 seconds of the show of the past will be surprised that I do not feel it. But I mean, I feel like I should just like apologize in advance because I just know that the people that really like this kind of thing are going to really like this and I'm here about to dump on it. But yeah, I'm sorry. I love you guys. So what are we talking about that you're dreading? Oh, I thought you were just going to take over nope, and be like, nope. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about the new... Um, I guess we still call this this business Masterpiece Mystery because <laughs> it has the little tag at the front, which is Edward Gorey and very cute. But I don't know why we still call it that. But it's the new Masterpiece Mystery series called Annika. Annika? Annika? Annika. This is very Norwegian. I was ready for, for Scotland, but it's very Norwegian. Just it happens to be in Scotland. Well, that's because the original show, which is a radio, a BBC Radio Four program, a hit, a hit radio program. I do, I do love a radio play, though. Yeah, and these are these are audio dramas that have been running on, um, that have been running on Radio Four for a couple of years, starring N- Nicola Walker. They're actually created by a guy named Nick Nicholas Walker, who is absolutely not related to her in any way, shape, or form. That is very strange. Uh, she plays Annika, and uh, in in that. In that version, it's a uh, the the radio play is called Annika Stranded, um, which is a play on her name, Annika Strandhead, um, and basically it's set in Oslo, and she basically solves crimes on water in in in, in Oslo. Um, when making remaking it for TV, they moved her to Scotland and to Glasgow. Um, but her character is still from Oslo. She's just relocated. Um, I don't really know that I feel like they do anything to incorporate the Scottish business of it all. Other no, than they it's really sort don't. of like gloomy in the way that Scotland is gloomy. Although the one time I went to Scotland, I had beautiful weather the entire time I was there. It was gorgeous. But I'm told that is uncommon. That is uncommon. Um, but the point is, is that basically it's taking the show and it's moving it to Glasgow. But they don't really do very much with the whole move to Glasgow other than the fact that everybody else has, you know, uh, Scotland, Scottish accents, including the kid who plays her daughter, Morgan, um, except for Nicola Walker. Um, she doesn't try to have a... a, a an accent of any kind other than sounding like Nicola Walker. Um, I mean, that's kind of her brand. It is. And, you know, honestly, like, I'm I'm not going to lie to you guys. Like, there is, I am absolutely sure that there are many, many unforgotten fans who are watching this show and who are saying to themselves, this is just Cassie in a different uniform. I, w- I was going to say, I, granted, have a more limited exposure to Unforgotten. Mm-hmm. Having never watched it before, I needed to watch it for the show. Mm-hmm. But I also feel that there is no significant difference that I can find between her character on Unforgotten and her character on this show. I would argue that that's not quite true. I mean, this character, this character reads. <laughs> it's like that's good. Um, this character is much more snarky. Um, this character makes bad dad jokes. This character doesn't take her job nearly as seriously. She's not nearly as, she doesn't 
try to pretend to be as put together as Cassie was. I was going to say she's not as put together as Cassie, but the truth is Cassie was a complete mess. It's just that she she fooled herself on that. <laughs> well, the 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 thing is though, I would argue that I would argue that it's because one of the weirder things about the show is that this character consistently like breaks the fourth wall to talk to the audience. And that's partly from the radio show. That's basically because in the radio show she breaks the wall and she talks straight directly to you. I mean, I know that's also it's also a thing now, so it's not really mm-hmm. like that shocking. But I feel like maybe if Cassie had had a direct outlet to the audience in that way, you know, I think a lot of Cassie's issues are are products of sort of emotional stuntedness and and performativeness that I think would have gone away had she had that direct outlet to the audience that mm. this character does perhaps it is more correct to say i see no difference in her performance of either of these characters okay that i will accept i absolutely <laughs> accept that um and it's part of why it's almost really hard to divorce one from the other i also find that just in general watching the show like honestly that first episode that starts with her like literally turning to the camera and going call me annika i'm like yeah somebody needs to tell us that because otherwise we're going to call you cassie uh, um honestly the 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 literate the literature angle is kind of an interesting choice it's truly the only part of the show i genuinely like but that's really because or actually actually let me rephrase that. I don't dislike this show because it doesn't engage me enough to get mad at it. It is a show that is there and that is fine and it is not for me and that is fine. I don't think it's a bad show. The part that I was in, the only part that super sparked my interest was the literature stuff because I'm an English major multiple times over and I actually did a lot of reading of and writing about Norse Norse sagas. If anybody out there in the dark has a burning need to discuss the Nibelungenlied, I am here and ready. Um, I, I, I would say um, when I watched the first episode of Annika, um, when it first hit uh, uh, streaming, because this has been on PBS Passport for members since April, um, and it's only now just coming to linear. Uh, when I watched the first episode back in the spring, my first response was, this is extremely not rated for Lacey. Lacey's going to hate this. <laughs> like I said, hatred, hatred is a strong word. Because hatred requires me to engage emotionally with it on a level that I just do not. It is not for me. That is clear. The thing is, is the first episode, she references Melville and she talks all about Moby Dick. Oh my gosh, I hate Moby Dick. Right? And like, I didn't even know that about you and I knew that about you. And I was like, if all the literature references are things like Moby Dick, there is nothing for Lacey here. Herman Melville is terrible. And when I got to episode two... Which I admit I got to very many months later after I told Lacey she was going to hate this show and like there was nothing for her here and we were just going to have to get through it and hold hands and manage. I saw her do the Viking one and, and, and the Valkyrie and I was like, oh, thank f- <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I was like, thank you. Okay. At least there's something here that will interest her because honestly, like the Valkyrie stuff for me was super interesting because I didn't know any of that. Um, I actually, like, I dislike Melville as an author. Mm. I dislike Moby Dick as a novel. Mm. I actually really dislike all of Melville's work, although his worst by far is Bartleby the Scrivener. By like a country mile, but so bad. Oh, oh I'm done. there, there, there is no argument, for, no argument for me on that. So bad, but like I, 
I don't like that author or that work, but I like what the show was trying to do by using the literature. Mm. I think it was a little uh, cliff notes. All three episodes that we've had so far are a little cliff notesy. Like you don't. I mean, I know because I I, I was a theater major. I know Ibsen pretty well. I've studied Enemy of the People. Uh, I also don't really like Ibsen that much. Ibsen is Doll's House, right? I think that might be the only one I like. Yes, that is correct. Um, and I, I we actually did Enemy of the People when I was in college, and I know that play really, really well. Um, so honestly, like that one was one where I, I really could appreciate what they were doing with it, but at the same time, I could also see how much this was cliff notes for somebody who's never read anything. Yeah, yeah, because I feel like I might have really liked the version of that show that just of the show that just like threw you in there and expected you to like remember the themes of Moby Dick Mm. um, as opposed to like drawing a picture of how these themes are reflected in this larger story that we're watching. Like, I don't need that level of handholding personally, Mm. but I am equally certain there are viewers that either do need that level of handholding or like it. Um, I will say it was helpful for me when we for the Valkyrie one because I don't know all that much about Norse mythology, um, and so having a lot of that given to me in the moment was very helpful. Now, of course, being a complete dork, I then went and started googling and you know learned about it, and that was partly for my recap too. But honestly, like. I, if I was not a person who was willing to do that kind of work, if I was not writing a, a recap, if I was just sort of consuming this at 10 o'clock at night as I'm half going to sleep after watching Miss Scarlet and Magpie Murders, sure. I, I could see this being very useful for somebody who doesn't want to do that work because a TV show shouldn't make you do work, should it? I mean, I'm, I, I, I'm under the impression most people think this and that I'm just a weirdo for not thinking it. <laughs> um... Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It's a nerd thing. <laughs> but I just I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's sort of the difference in in kind of the cerebralness of the level that you would need to do that one way versus the other and mm. and the rest of the story is not that cerebral so it nope. makes sense, but Um speaking of the rest of the story, um how do you feel about the ensemble that they've surrounded uh Walker with in this one? Have has any of it have has any of them made an impression on you? There we go. That's a better question. Maybe. Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't know any of their names. Okay. So, but that's not really like. I don't think anybody's super shocked by that. The daughter's name is Morgan. Mm-hmm. She is very whiny. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not sure that I totally got why she's so mad at her mom. Like, why are they so... I mean, she's a teenager and we're all mad at our moms at that age. But, like, did something happen that I just sort of glazed over? <laughs> um, I get the sense that it's partly the uprooting of moving from Oslo to Scotland and taking her away from her grandparents, who she was much closer to than Annika was. I get the sense that it's also the sense that she doesn't have a dad. She's never had a dad figure. Um, at one point, Annika says in the first episode that she had Morgan at 15, um, and that she's only she's the only parent that Morgan has ever really ever known. And it, I, I get the feeling that now being in Glasgow, away from the rest of the family, away from the grandparents, and away from any kind of, like, base... She's now completely dependent on her mother who has this job where she could be blown up at any moment in a boat, by a gun, etc. And so there's a sense where she's really frightened 
that she has no she 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 doesn't have friends. She has no family here. She has she has nothing but a mother who doesn't come home on time and does this incredibly terribly dangerous job. And that that is actually what is motivating. And that that I think is what we were supposed to get out of those therapy sessions with Hot Palm again. Hot Palm again. Oh my God! Can I? Can we? Can we? Can we? Get, can we? I don't know what his character is named either, but he is looking good. Uh, he's it, looking. He's looking booked and busy. We'd love to see that. <laughs> um, he he. Even though we've only done three episodes, I feel confident enough in in the fact that there is at least a next time on that plays at the end of this episode to say that. Um, Dr. Jake is not going anywhere. Oh, I, it's very obvious they're going to get together. The yes. daughter's going to get really mad about her dating her therapist. Uh, no, actually, if you I, I, if you look carefully, I'm pretty sure that she and the therapist break up, that she decides this isn't going to be her therapist because she knows that her mom and the therapist want a bone and she's like, yeah, no, I can't do that. So she's going to go get a different one. I mean, that's that's self-care, in my opinion. Uh, it's not just self-care. It's also, like, real adult of Morgan to do that. Like, it it speaks to a level of maturity that I'm not sure Attica has. <laughs> I, I will agree with that, but I will raise you the wild, weirdly immature thing that she's got going on with the, the cop who's, like, you know, the, the dude in the Matrix that does all the tech stuff? She's like that, but for this show. Her name is Blair whatever matrix girl <laughs> um why she's like texting her and sending her selfies in some sort of very inappropriate like creepy way i'm sort of waiting for morgan to turn out to be a lesbian and i am uh i i i'm sort of half waiting to see if she does if she comes out to blair um because i think that's a pretty obvious like uh, uh plot point that's heading this way um i don't mind it um, I like Blair as a character. Um, I like Blair as a character in some ways better than I like Annika, um, <laughs> which is saying something. Because um, you know anyone who wanders around trying to come up with a theme tune for like their 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 group at work is totally like somebody who's in my lane. Um, I'm sure everybody at WTA is thankful I've never done that. I'm sorry that we're not in the office. We were we were not in the. You have not been in the office. Uh, when it is near Halloween near me. <laughs> this is why we get along so well. Anyway. I had a I had I had a lot of stuff. Our office, our building is currently being renovated, so I don't even know that I will have space for all of my Halloween stuff whenever we have desks again, but you missed out is all I'm saying. Um so there's Blair, who uh as you call her Matrix Girl. Um there's also Tyrone, who's the younger guy. And there's the guy from Guilt whose name is Michael. And I keep thinking of him as the guy from Guilt and then remember that his name is Michael in this show. <laughs> um, is he the one that's really bitter that she got his job? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. I was like, well, don't really like him because of Guilt. So feel invalidated by that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, uh, I... I I don't know how I feel about Michael as a character. I get that they're supposed to be the sort of conflict thing. Oh, shout out to Katie Dickey as the boss, by the way. Like, another person who I'm really glad to see being booked and busy. Because um, she had a very small role on Game of Thrones. And she should have gotten bigger from that. And she didn't. And I was kind of sad. I wasn't sure what her job was. Is she like the like the Sam Waterston of the office? Yes, basically. She's the okay. uh, she she's the boss lady. Sorry, guys. Whenever I have problems relating to shows, I have to tie it to shows that I watch in other ways. So that's what you get. It's totally understandable. 
Um, yes, she is the she is the DCI to uh, to uh, uh, Annika's DI. Um, and I I don't know I uh, I really like her. I like the fact that she figures out almost immediately that Annika is a complete idiot when it comes to not being able to manage. Um, and that she basically starts doing the managing for her because she recognizes that Annika is just incompetent at that. Well, she also skipped her training and went on holiday. So there's that. But Right. I know. I thought that was hysterically funny. I don't feel like I have a good enough read on the boss to have an opinion about the boss one way or the other. She's kind of there. Um, the scene where uh, she talks to um, the guy from Guilt, whose name is Michael, um, and basically does all of the managing stuff that Annika failed to do is kind of where I got that sense of, oh, okay, she's a good egg. Um, but she's the that's honestly the only real scene they've given her, so I can totally understand where, like, if, it, if you're watching all three episodes, like, back to back, it sort of glosses over, I can totally see that. I'm nodding. Uh, <laughs> you guys can't see that because this is not visual, but I'm nodding right now. Um, speaking of, uh, you know, basically things that gloss over. My eyes. <laughs> Did any of the mysteries stand out to you? Let's go with that. Uh, let's, uh, well, the harpoon thing, but that was really because of like the Moby Dick connection. <laughs> hey, no, that's, that, that's a, that's an effective use of the literature. Um... Do you remember anything about episode two? <laughs> well, I remember all the Valkyrie stuff. Ah, there you that's go. the one where the that's the one where the there's like some grooming mm-hmm. and then like the the mom like pieces out on a jet plane or something because she because there's a terrible line at the end about how Valkyries fly that made me literally want to throw myself out the window. Oh, whatever. Someone got on a private jet and there was a terrible line about Valkyries flying. Yes, I there was. truly wanted to hurt myself. Like, it was just so bad. So bad. Do better writers. The The only thing I liked about that um, was that Annika and Tyrone walk away and he's like, it's, it, it's like Casablanca. And she's like, I'm Bogart. Of course I'm Bogart. Because, of course, she would think she was Bogart. Um... And then uh, episode three, actually, I thought episode three was probably my favorite of the three, um, which is kind of surprising. Like, I I didn't... You know really sad, folks? Here's a confession for me. I literally just watched this episode about 20 minutes ago, <laughs> and it has already, like, left my conscience entirely, except for, like, a vague sense that I dislike Ibsen, and that is where I'm at. It's the terrible jerk face father whose dad kills him because he tries to say that he deserves compensation, too, and that's why he stole his kid's trust fund. Wow, I missed out on a lot of details of that mystery. <laughs> Clearly. Um, honestly, like, I do... Uh... I should have... What What the thing is here is that I should have probably spread these out over... I watched all of them today, literally finished the third one 20 minutes ago. Uh, maybe this is, like, too much behind the curtain and I should try to be, like, more professional or just, oh, I don't no, know, better no, at my no. job. But uh, they all, like, ran together for me, kind of. Like, which is, I, sh- I maybe should have just watched one on a different day. Uh, listen, peak TV is vast. And we have major piles of screeners to watch. And I am in no way blaming you or judging you for watching all three back to back. I mean, I know I have done it. I thought it. it would help. Like, I thought it would help me somehow retain their names. But instead, it somehow made me forget even more of the story than I normally do. <laughs> 
that that's not the worst um honestly like the thing that really stuck out about the third episode other than it was my favorite mystery of the three it was also the only one that did the trope at the end where a character says something completely unrelated and it makes the detective realize the answer Oh, that's like a Poirot thing. Yeah, and I, 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 I'd been kind of waiting for the show to do that trope for the last three episodes, and so finally that trope showed up, and I was like, yes. Um, but honestly, like, if I think the third episode was also just my favorite because it's where Paul McGann shows up. It's where we sort of Morgan does get to have sort of opinions. Um, we get to see just how bad. Annika is at motherhood. We get to see just so much of like I felt like this episode was sort of like the best of the three. This is the one where the girl like threw herself off a mountain rock climbing. No, yeah. no, no. That's two. Two oh. is the one where she threw herself. Yeah, off. Okay, no, I have see? three just went through my brain like a sieve. So. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I'm not surprised two is the one that stuck with you though, since that's the one with the grooming yeah. girl, and I kind of thought that one would stay with you. Um, and I'm honestly not that surprised that three did not, since it is such a male based sort of thing where we're supposed to feel sorry for boys and like husbands who have been cheated on <laughs> that's my brand don't feel sorry for boys and like i just i don't know i guess this one was just one that was never really gonna like penetrate your brain oh we should get that on like merch t-shirts like <laughs> don't feel sorry for boys at least him <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I I don't know. Did you like it? I You're will... like the person who's the connoisseur in this lane. Like, how did, did you enjoy it? Like, was it sort of middle of the road for you? Like, it, it just feels like a Buick, you know, like it's very serviceable. It's like not <laughs> it's not flashy. Annie literally just fell out of her chair. So I'm sort of just I'm just sort of vamping right now about buick descriptions wow a buick um okay i would not say that this is a buick what i would say <laughs> because i think buicks are terrible cards um they I, have I'm, a whole ad campaign right now about how buicks are cool now buicks are those? no no I, mean, I don't watch commercials but like greg watches a lot of sports i will watch commercials during basketball season but like there's a there is it's like a full range of commercials about how basically it's like not your mom's buick well that's just wrong because a my mother never drew, drove a buick she drove a ford and second of all um no buicks are never going to be cool so just stop anyway um my point being um I really loved Unforgotten. Like, I, I, especially because it overcame its first season problems so well. Um, I was very sad to see Walker leave that show. And when I watched the first episode of, of, of Annika back in the spring, um, I was not real impressed. I was like, this is very by the numbers. This is very sort of like, this is the one that you fall asleep to at 10 o'clock after you've watched the ones you really wanted to. <laughs> and no, I really did feel that the second and third episodes have improved somewhat. I can see, I think, a little more of why Walker wanted to leave Unforgotten and and and, and move to this show instead. Um, I think she's having a lot more fun here. Um, I think she really likes the ability to break the fourth wall. I think she likes to be more jokey. I think she likes to be more emotionally open like this. I feel like the actor is having a much better time 
doing this show than she did in Unforgotten, even though I don't think the characters are really all that different. Um, and I think I, I think it's also sort of the writing of it. Like, as you said, if Unforgotten had had her do this, you know, this is the same character we would have seen. We would have seen these sides of Cassie, but we never got to see those because they didn't break the fourth wall. And that she gets to show us these sides of the character, which is why she can almost play the same character because it's something she didn't get to do before. Does that make sense? I think I, I think I wish the show were more overtly funny. Yes, I think so too. I want the show to be funnier. I want her to be looser, and I'm sort of hoping, you know, Annika's been renewed for season it's a, two, it's a, and it's I a very, it's a very strange kind of balance between like she's being all like snarky and breaking the fourth wall in like these dour grim and like surrounded by these like dour grim plot mm-hmm. lines like it's yeah. really like it's it's like tonal whiplash so yeah i wish it were funnier i i, I think it would do better if it were funnier um i think um putting it in a trio with miss scarlet and magpie also doesn't help because miss mm. scarlet is joyous you know, like it, it, like you and I may argue over whether or not she and the Duke should get together. They but should. I, we, but we both agree that this is a joyful show to watch. And I think most of our 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 listeners and readers of the blog agree with that. Um, Magpie Murders is trying to do something very different and very complicated, and it's very interesting because of that. And I really like that, and it it, it keeps me watching. Even if at the end it fails, because we hadn't gotten past the second episode, you know, like when we record, we hadn't gotten past the second episode. We, yeah, we don't we don't know how it's, we don't know whether it's going to stick the landing yes. is the question. Um, I would really like, you know, to, to see it stick the landing. But at this point, I am I am watching partly because I need to see them stick the landing and I need to see where the heck they go next. Annika feels very flat in comparison to both of those because it is so color by numbers. Because we it's do very have... traditional, yes. And I like I said, I feel bad because I know that there is just like a huge swatch of a swath, not swatch, swath of our viewing audience that is just going to love this show because it's so because it is so traditional because it's so I don't when I say formulaic, I don't necessarily mean that in a negative way, but it's like exactly what you think it's going to be. Yes. And there are a lot of people that come back to the genre repeatedly because these shows are exactly what you think they're going to be. Yeah, they are exactly what they say on the tin. And you know what you're getting and you sit down. And honestly, so many of these are are done with men in the center. And so just doing one with a woman in the center and having another woman and Katie Dickey as her boss and having this guy sort of who got passed over as the second in command sort of crankily like accepting his position. Sucks, doesn't it? Right? Like I, I, I can see where this show really resonates. But I honestly like... I was hoping for more. Now, that being said, I think that Walker does a lot with this and does a lot with this formula. And I think that that's why I I enjoy watching it. But I I don't... I, I, I need it to improve more as it goes, I think, is my best response. And good God, if this had a man in the center, this would be another Vandervalk for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just... You know, I it, other than also being... I love Scotland. Let me just put it out there. I had such a good time in Scotland. I love scottish everything i love your love of whiskey as a nation um but like this is not showing scotland at its best visually in the sense of like i forgive vandervalk a lot because it's like pretty to look at Mm. i wish this 
part of like the dour kind of down feeling is that literally every scene is is gray or wet or gray and wet and it does it's not it's not visually appealing it's not visually arresting i i zone out on these shows because i zone out on these shows but like if I had, it's like when Greg wants to go to the symphony. I love the concept of the symphony. I cannot go to the symphony because there's nothing for me to look at. I am a child. <laughs> I'm a small child. The one time I went and it was fun was because there's like a John Williams number and they had dudes come out and fight with lightsabers. And that was great. But I need something to look at, guys. Um, I... <sighs> I would like, if anything, for this show to lean more into the comedy. I also have high hopes for the arrival of Paul McGann being hot and for Annika to get in a relationship. Eighth Doctor Justice. Eighth Doctor Justice is what's happening right now. Right? Like, I, I would really like to see that. I think that would help the show. I think the more the show does outside of the mystery lane of the foursome solving, the, the, the team of four solving the mystery of this person goes here and that person goes there, the more we can break away from that, the more we well, can... Well, because the other problem, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because you've certainly seen more than these than I have, is that the actual mysteries are not particularly interesting mysteries. Like, the one thing I super remember is this dude got stabbed by a harpoon. Like, that's it. Like they're not they're not particularly like interesting in sort of like the way the crime was carried out or in the solution or I feel like if you watch stuff like this you know the answers and maybe mm-hmm. that's part of the appeal but yeah the uh the it, when you watch episode 1 and um the scene where the wife identifies him and says yes this is my husband and stands there and has this whole like long monologue about how like they were going to live their lives and they were making it work and blah 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 and you know immediately that something's up because this scene wouldn't exist in the show if it wasn't important and so therefore you suddenly become suspicious of the wife IDing the wrong body um with with episode 2 um the moment that Morgan ran into the girl who's drank the vodka with her in the coffee shop, I was like, oh, we're about to have a he sleeps with underage girls twist. And boom, <laughs> we had a switch. Like, yeah. And episode three, like episode three was probably this again. This was my favorite because I didn't actually like I kept waiting for it to be one of the women to kill him. And I was taken aback when it was the grandfather. And the moment Morgan said granddad was just trying to do the right thing, I knew, oh, right. Gosh, I didn't get that. But, like, up until then, I had not gotten that. And I was, you know, that that's, that's a decent mystery for me when you actually do manage to get it so that I don't catch what's about to happen until we get there. And I, I guess that's also why I have, like, hopes that the, as the show goes on, it will improve. Um, because I think, because, you know, if episode three actually fooled me, maybe episodes four, five, and six will get will 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 build on that. Um, with Palm again coming in and maybe giving Annika a romance, we can have more character development outside the mysteries. Because you know, I love a character-forward mystery story. Mm-hmm. I just do. Like I, it, it's why Vandervalk is one of my least favorites that I cover, and it's why Endeavor has all like I love Endeavor because it's got like the history for me. But as an actual, like, day-to-day recap, it's kind of painful because, you know, they they really don't let you, like, really get into the character development stuff because they're so focused on the twisty mystery. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
Annika has one of the things about Unforgotten is that as it went along through the seasons, Cassie's relationships and life built out Mm -hmm. and we learned more about these characters. And I want to see Annika do the same thing. I think if it does that, I think if that's where it's going with more of these episodes and that it gets more into that in season two, I will enjoy it better. And then it will sort of be like Unforgotten for me, where like the first season did not impress me that much. But as it went along, I fell in love. Um, I do think it deserves applause for actually not being an hour and a half. Oh, thank, thank you for that. Um, yes, I, I absolutely agree with that. I feel like everybody thinks that because their show is like a very serious mystery, it needs to be 90 minutes. And I want to tell you that it does not need to be 90 minutes. Um, even if Annika was 90 minutes, you realize that, that PBS would just break it up into 45s. Um, but I'm actually quite thankful that no, it is a it is a 45 minute mystery, and that it really is like, and that that is close ended each week each week, and that it really does fit this format of one hour mysteries. Like I like that about it. Um, I think the pacing is correct here. It's just that I want more character development because the mysteries are so color by numbers. Mm-hmm. Um. And I do also think that there is real comedy to be had here that they should be leaning into more. You know, like, I absolutely cracked up when Annika turns to Paul McGann and says, do you ever think we'll get to a point where we talk to each other normally? Right? Like, that was so cute. Like, that's... I'm here for that. More of that. Um, I'll agree with that. Mostly because it's like, I think that this is actually a likable character for the Uh most part. And... I mean, if we're going to, if she literally had to change shows to play a character that was slightly sunnier, like, let her be sunnier. Yeah. It, it, and and more emotionally open and just, like, she's still a mess, but I just, she doesn't feel like the, 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 the in denial of my mess Kathy that we had in Unforgotten. She's aware of her mess. She knows she's a mess and she's perfectly okay with messing, right? And she's just going to keep, you know fourth wall breaking through it because she doesn't have twitter (laughs) um i also think it's i don't some of the fourth wall choices are really a bit odd to me though like how she has to kind of book it like i get that i get the book ending with like the literary stuff but then right before she gets done talking about whatever literature angle she's talking about and then she has to throw in some line about the particular murder we're all about to go look at together which i think is just really jarring and weird um i like that she breaks the fourth wall around the daughter like like she just she's like i, I keep failing like the, the 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 sense of like i can't do anything right you know because I, I you know i don't have kids and you don't have kids but i know enough mothers and enough and i have enough friends who've had kids that they have that feel i know they have that feeling all the time especially once their kids reach teenagehood Oh, well, yeah, because half of parenting these days is, like, being competitive with other people who are parents. Yeah. It feels exhausting. Like, it's, like, even just watching it on Instagram from the distance, it feels exhausting. Um, I, I will say, like, the one thing that the show does do is not only does it channel its mysteries, but it does also sort of channel some of the non-mystery twists. The moment she may, she tried to, like, you know, in solidarity with that other mother, and the mother turned and said, my kid was in therapy. And I was like, oh, Morgan's going to therapy. <laughs> like, I, I, that, in the same way, was, uh, was such a, uh, yeah, okay, we're channeling where we're going with this. I didn't see her getting a crush on the therapist, though, until Paul McGann walked out that door. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously. 
He really has he really has aged very well is what I'm saying. He so has. Like but like wine. <laughs> uh, ha- having having seen the 8th Doctor movie, I think that he is so much hotter now than he was hot then. Oh, so much hotter. Like so much better like in the um was it before the 50th anniversary Doctor Who special where they do like Night of the Doctor, where they do like his regeneration? He was smoking hot in that. Like, Yeah. I mean, uh, no, no offense to call the midwife that has the other McGann. I'm just saying Paul might be my favorite. Wait, are they related? Did I only just learn this? Am I today years old when I learned uh, this? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. It's a small I, I, world in the world of British TV. Listen, you have your laptop open in front of you. Please just go look at Stephen McGann and look at Paul McGann and tell me that you did not realize they were related. Well, I don't know. It's not like I've seen them in the same room together, like, ever. Oh, my God. They look alike. I, 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 I. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just. Uh, this is Steve- a weird episode, guys. I don't know. Stephen McGann is his brother. That's so weird. <laughs> I mean, I guess I should have figured out that there's only so many, you know, people named McGann in the UK. Yeah. So basically, yes. Yeah, so um, today you were today years old when you learned that Heidi Thomas, the person who writes called the midwife, is the sister-in-law of the Eighth Doctor. Although that does explain, that also explains why uh, that char- that character he plays has like significant plot armor, despite being near death many times. <laughs> anyway, um, also I I should point out that Mark McGann, um, who is uh, not nearly in nearly as famous as his brothers, is also um part of that clan, and I believe there's a fourth one, but I don't actually uh remember what he's been in or what his name is. I just I I I I, I think there's four of them all together. This has fully gone off the rails now. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I'm uh, We're doing it live. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. Back to back to Annika. This has been renewed, yeah. Yes, this has been renewed. Season this feels two. like such a no brainer because, like, these not to be like these so these shows are just sort of like set it and forget it, but like they kind of are to a certain extent. Oh, they they kind of are, and honestly, like I can see this, especially with the lead ins that it has right now, and the fact that it's been on streaming for six months. Uh, it got renewed before it even like came to linear, which is a really good sign for how many people actually went and watched it on PBS passport um but anyway point being um yes annika season two has been renewed it is a uh, co-production between masterpiece and alibi in the same way that miss scarlet is and i fully expect a second season to show up on passport several months before it hits linear in the same way interesting yes um just because like, it just seems like that i expect actually that next year we will have both annika and unforgotten maybe not quite at the same time but pretty close together that would be really weird if they were like on on the same night <laughs> oh gosh if, if if masterpiece chose to back-to-back those shows like it would be um recapping hell i would not like to do that please like please don't do that please 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 masterpiece don't do that to me <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm asking thanks bump bump uh is there anything else we should talk about about this show i'm looking at you because you know that i have very few thoughts that are worth sharing no honestly i think i i honestly think that that's the thing about annika being sort of like you know colored by numbers and very you know straightforward that there isn't actually all that much to like dig into like i think we pretty much covered it um i as i said i have hopes for i have high hopes for season two have you finished season have you finished season one no, I have not finished season one, but I, I, I do know that Paul McGann, I do know that Paul McGann returns next week and, and, and will continue to be extremely hot. 
Well, these are the things, the news you can use. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, what do you hope for season two, since I will probably make you at least watch one episode in order for us to talk about it? Um, I would like it to be funnier. Okay, there we go. Because I just, like I said, I feel like there's a really weird tonal imbalance here that doesn't super work for me. Um, I would like it to show Scotland to slightly better effect than it is currently showing us. <laughs> I would also like, um, one of the things that I like about Vandervalk is that it actually uses kind of its its setting in a natural kind of way for the story it's telling. And I, why is the show set in Scotland? I don't know. Like it literally does nothing. It like there's no, like this show could be happening anywhere where there happened to be like a body of water. Mm. So I would like I would like a little more coherence of place. Because those are all the things that I am much more interested in than who killed who. So, let's see. I would like the daughter to be slightly less annoying, too. That would be great. I don't think the daughter's annoying. Get your therapy. Get your Prozac or whatever, girl. And let's, like, I don't know. Join Twitter. Do something. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Those are my thoughts. Okay, cool. All right, and he's giving me the look that says that I need to wrap this up, which is probably fair because this has been a truly bizarre ride from start to finish. So, Andy, tell the people where you live on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Annie Bundle on Twitter. You can find me at Miss Annie Bundle on Facebook. You can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy bellies at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Uh, I'm a staff writer at Elite Daily and the associate editor here at Televisions, and I freelance around the web. So, uh, if you want to know what I wrote about this week, which I believe is probably gonna be the crown um because the crown is coming and i'm probably going to be writing a whole lot of stuff ahead of time for that um yeah uh other than that uh yeah just follow me on twitter and because that's where i reached all my bylines yeah do that huh. uh i am lacy mb on twitter that is l-a-c-y-m-b and like annie i write a lot here at televisions and around the entertainment web but i too always tweet my bylines and i'm very excited for the crown um let's go what was I going to say after that? Anyway, if you're not interested in me, the site and the pod are on social media at telly underscore visions on Twitter and televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. We are a product of WETA. And if you like what we do, you can visit our shiny new revamped televisions.org, which looks super great if I do say so myself, and click on the donate button in the header to help us keep making all this great content for your eyes and ears. We also should remind you that uh, by donating you can get access to PBS Passport, which will give you access to the rest of this season of Annika, if you haven't seen it yet, the rest of the season of Miss Scarlet, and all kinds of cool extras and non, non-airing. non The things that are not being broadcast currently, let's call it that, uh, online. Plus, it's cool. And who does not want to be cool? No one. <laughs> um, speaking of being cool, it is cool outside. Halloween has passed us by happy halloween belatedly to everybody hope you got a lot of candy and that you also decide to schedule your flu shot and covid booster as the weather turns colder people start coughing on you and no one is wearing a mask inside anymore it is time i did mine and he did hers be cool like us that sounds like a really stupid after school special but like nope it's super important i know nobody's reminding us about this right now but because of that we got to take care of ourselves. We got to take care of each other. And in that vein, we will be back to talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>